0: Good day, friends. We are all in the right place. I'm a restless soul named Michael Dean Gold. Yeah, like the precious metal. This show is about the intense experiences we go through, how they speak to us, and the questions they might make us ask about ourselves. I get these experiences largely from people on Instagram who share authentic, genuine pieces of their lives. My pledge to you is I will not waste your valuable time. Today in the show. They
1: did a C-section. The part that really got to me and and I could feel my heart drop was the fact that he made no sound when he came out there was no sound
2: see I have this crazy idea I have this crazy idea that I can change the world
1: I was
3: like me really no way you know and so it took a while for it to really sink
0: into me The first experience is about the moment something happens that sends our life down a path maybe we never even thought about. It's unexpected, and on the other side, we walk into the unknown. This one comes from the Instagram of at Kenny Seymour, who lives in Texas. I was first compelled by the image in his profile. Kenny is embracing his son, Dennis. They're looking into each other's eyes, and the connection between them in that picture is just so moving. So I spent some time in Kenny's page. He's a single father whose son sent his life in a totally different direction that Kenny never expected. It started the day Dennis was born. Was there any indication in prenatal care that something was different? No, they,
1: they did a C-section. The part that really got to me and, and, and I could feel my heart drop, he made no sound. When he came out, there was no sound, and then they took him off. He had limited range of motion and stuff. His ball and, hip, his ball and socket and his hips weren't and so his legs came a little bit more upright. His head was all the way back, which was why he wasn't making any sound, because it's almost like if you look straight up in the air, it makes it hard to swallow. So all of that wasn't developed, like the, the esophagus and the focal cords and all that. It wasn't as developed as it should have been his arms were almost like clenched up like he was cold because that's how his joints had, had formed um and then his head was back they had a towel behind his head to try to keep it forward to i guess keep keep the airway open things like that but i didn't know about the condition until after the fact
0: when did you actually get the diagnosis and what was your reaction
1: it was a uh, for him it was arthrogryposis
0: going to cut in the interview briefly to define arthrogryposis. In general, from the research I did, arthrogryposis is a musculoskeletal disease causing stiff joints, underdeveloped muscles, and lack of growth. The limbs are usually fixed, shoulders can be internally rotated, elbows extended, wrists and digits flexed, hips may be dislocated, and the feet may have club foot. Intelligence and sensation, however, are usually normal arthrogryposis is associated with other diseases like spina bifida. The cause is unknown. In some cases, arthrogryposis can be fatal.
1: You know, we we had one of our meetings and one of the doctors told us he would have three to five years max.
0: Did you feel like at the time that your life, your hopes and dreams had been taken away from you?
1: I can't say I had lost any hopes and dreams. Um I was still going to be a father. My responsibilities might be a little bit different. If he didn't make it, I would have felt like I lost something. You know, but he was here. So the fact that he was here, that that was good enough for me.
0: How about um, tempted to find a way out of it?
1: That was never even a thought in my head. And I always told myself that, you know, Whatever I did as an adult, I was gonna do it to the best of my ability. That, that was always my thing. I'm gonna be there for you, I'm gonna support you. If you wanna play sports, we're gonna do that. You, whatever you wanna do, I'm gonna do it.
0: So I go into your feed, and I get down to this video that you posted. You're showing this park, and the pillars and some signage and looking around and like, oh, this is cool yeah they they might it looks like this is a park that they like to go to together and then you pan up really quickly and there's a sign and then you pan back down really quick and i'm all wait a minute hold on and i <laughs> and i go back to the sign that you panned up to and it says dennis's dream on it and i'm all yes. wait a minute that's his son's name this entire park, or at least this section of this park, is named after his son. What the heck is going on here? I did a little more research and sure enough, I have found that you and your son Dennis are, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say responsible for the building of a massive 51,000 square foot national model of a park for children with all abilities, there in your town of Round Rock?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Special Olympics played a key role in that for me because I would take him out to the fields when he would have practice. And uh, I remember sitting there in the bleachers, realizing that some of these kids, is, you know, some of these parents have their kids sitting in the bleachers with them. And then there are other kids with different needs are out, you know, practicing for Special Olympics. And the first thing that thought that popped in my head was, how do you decide where to take your kids? Because back then, we, we, there wasn't a lot of adaptive equipment out. The only way that would happen is if you had a spot where everybody could go. Doesn't matter how old your kids are. Doesn't matter what their needs are or what their needs aren't. You can all go to this one place and have a good time. In my mind, the only thing that I had in my mind was Dennis's dream. That's why they named it after him, because that's what the grant was going to give us was something in that type of shape. But once the city came on board and said, you know what, we're gonna make this happen, then that's when the design team came. Yeah, so we we did it. It it took us about five years.
0: On the city of Round Rock, Texas website, Dennis's Dream is officially called the Play for All Abilities Park. It's a $1.3 million parks and recreation project where families with disabled and able children can play and enjoy together. Since opening in 2012, the city says millions of people have visited the park from all over the United States. What was it like the day it opened?
1: Crazy, <laughs> I mean, for lack of, it, it was a lot going on. It,
0: it was a lot of good times.
1: It was, the, the crowd was amazing. You know, I was happy. Our dream happened, and even now sometimes he'll, he'll, he he refers to it sometimes as his park. Are we going to my park today? Are we, you know? I'm like, sure.
0: Something really wonderful happened when he turned 18.
1: We were having a, one of our annual meetings and his caseworker said, well, you know, now that he's 18, You can start the process so that you can be his caregiver. You know, I said, OK, so this means no longer having to ask for time off for Special Olympics, no longer having to ask for time off for doctor's appointments or, you know, anything. You know, my, my boss is in our home. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, That that's now my job. You know, my job is to take care of my child and I get paid to do it now. <laughs> we can go do whatever we want to do or we can hang around here and do nothing if we choose to.
0: Let's go talk to Dennis. Hi, Dennis. (laughs) Hi. How are you today? Fine. Great. What's your favorite thing to do at your park?
3: Oh, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know.
0: I saw a video where you're listening to some music and dancing in your chair on the lawn. Did you see that video?
1: Yeah. (laughs) What music
0: are you listening to? Who's your favorite artist? Who do you always put on your phone? He said Bruno Mars. <laughs> oh, I love Bruno Mars too. Yeah. Was this ever a conscious decision that you made that I'm going to be entirely dedicated to Dennis?
1: I didn't. I, I remember having conversations with him when he was younger and I'm pretty sure he didn't understand them, but I had it with him anyway, you know? And I would tell him, you know, I got you. I got you. He was like, you always got me, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, I always got you. <sighs> if I'm gonna be a father, I'm gonna be the best father that I can.
0: Dennis turned 21 a few months ago. I do want to mention a young man named Kavion, who Kenny is also a father to, and he loves very much. Kavion, if you're listening, I see you. Kenny's experience with Dennis left me with questions. Am I putting my heart into where I am? Whether or not I intended to be here, am I putting my heart and soul into the time and place? And what about when life does not go as I planned, and I face that unknown? Will I keep my eyes open for different visions, different opportunities, different dreams that could lead to something beautiful like a nationally recognized park? Am I open to a different vision? And finally, for the people in my life, am I living I got you? Not just saying the words, but am I living I got you? This next experience comes to us from the Instagram of We Survived, all one word, We Survived. First, I was intrigued by the name, We Survived. I wanted to know who survived and what did these people or person survive. So I started through the page. The first image that really caught my attention was a woman sitting in a hospital room next to a bed where a man appears to be dying. The caption doesn't say anything about that picture. The caption writer tells a brief story about a day spent helping people. Her name is Kate. She lives in northern Utah. With the encouragement from her husband, Jared, Kate started We Survived in 2015 as a kind of entrepreneurial slash lifestyle slash motivational project. The more time I spent going through the page, the more I realized We Survived had kind of two different personalities. There was this before personality, which from the beginning was basically text messages, quotes, and pictures. Pretty common stuff on Instagram, right? Nothing unusual. Nothing unusual. Kate herself, she remained unseen, anonymous. And then there was an after personality where Kate reveals herself and pieces of her life experiences which are intense. She talks to us through videos where she gets emotional at times. But here's the thing, there was a 14 month gap between the two personalities where Kate vanished off Instagram and then she returns to reveal herself. I wanted to know why.
2: I had no previous experience on Instagram. I don't really do a ton of social media, but I saw all of these entrepreneur pages and lifestyle pages and all of this. You've seen all of these other pages that have crazy followers and engagement, and they figure out how to monetize their pages. And it's like, well, if everybody else is doing it, why can't I? And I remember turning to my husband and he's like, what is your thing gonna be? Like every page has its thing. I was like, well, what can I speak to? Like I've got to have at least a little bit of experience in whatever it is. Right. And at that time in, in our life, it was, it was kind of a really rough time to be honest. Um, kind of the first situation that happened is I was a rape survivor because of the experience, just everything that went into it. For me, it wasn't even the actual event that was so awful and traumatic. For me, it was the aftermath. And what happened next? Like, I never could have been prepared for that. So that happened. And then, professionally, you know, I'm running a company that I founded. And overnight, we lost 100% of our household income and 80 to 85% of the company's revenue overnight. And so then at that point, I'm like, holy crap. We have no money coming in. We've got these two little kids, like, how are we gonna pay our bills? Oh my gosh, you know. Wow. Yeah. And then at the same time, we had three miscarriages in a row. So at that point, trying to figure out what am I gonna call this page? I was like, well, I guess the one universal truth is that we are all gonna go through hard things, right? right. We're not escaping that. So I'm like, well, We survived, so I'm like, this could be a business entrepreneur, because I know a little bit about that inspiration, motivation, who knows what the hell this page is, but now we have a name. We survived is born.
0: All right, so you start posting, really creative, funny, motivational quotes and pictures, really good work. Uh, Your following is growing, but you never reveal who's behind the page.
2: Right. Why did you
0: choose to be anonymous? Mm -hmm.
2: So this page was this page over here doing what it was doing and it wasn't about me. So it's much safer and easier to hide behind anonymity and just do your thing. And there was no reason to show who was behind the page at that point. Do
0: you find it easy to be anonymous?
2: It's always easier to be anonymous because you can separate And any time you ruffle feathers or any criticisms that come or, you know, judgments, you can hide behind that. And so it's always easier to be anonymous.
0: Time is going on. Let's say uh, sometime around 2016, I'm thinking something happens to Jared. Can you tell us about that?
2: I got pregnant with our third son. And four days after, after I found out I was pregnant, Jared was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He suffered a whole lot, and then he died.
0: It took a year and a half?
2: Year and a half. So he died when said baby was eight months old. So by the time I was 33 years old, I found that I was now a widowed single mother of three, and I'm like, what does this even look like going forward?
0: During his illness, you were continuing the page, pretty much not revealing yourself or what you're really going through. It's kind of confusing for me now, and I sense that there was a tremendous inner struggle, a conflict.
2: Maybe the page at that point was less therapeutic. Maybe it was more distraction. All of those dark, dark hours sitting in a hospital. So it might've been a little bit of a distraction, but it was still it was still separate because the page was never about me. And there was probably part of me too that didn't want to live a lot of that publicly at the time. Not- Maybe it would've helped, people along the way I don't know but I think I think I was not in the right headspace to do it
0: so you continue the feed right up until New Year's Eve of 2018 when you made this great post about this is your comeback right, right. Well, it seemed to me like you were very excited about 2019 you were anticipating something great happening and you were letting everybody know it and then eight days later you post I don't worry about the world ending It has ended for me many times and began again in the morning. And then you vanished.
2: So you're like, what was that all about?
0: Yeah, what happened?
2: Well, when you're in a state of survival yourself, you only have so much energy to put anywhere. So at the time, if it wasn't something that was somehow serving me or helping me, or it just didn't get any attention. I just put it down one day and... I'm done. Yeah.
0: So 14 months pass. Right. All of 2019, then suddenly on March 4th, 2020, make this bold proclamation oh you thought we were done honey we're just getting started and then caption we are back and ready to party this is the year we all shine
2: the year we all shine right before the massive global pandemic that nobody saw coming right
0: (laughs) great timing on that post right so you start it up again but this time you start revealing yourself now it's gradual but obvious It's obvious you're taking a new direction. One of those elements uh, of your feed now is something that I like very much, which is called Questions with Kate.
2: Answer some of the questions that came in. So here we go. Number one is we survived your day job. No, no, honey child, it is not. But trust me, if it were, this page would be a whole heck of a lot more lit. Did I use that word right? Lit? I don't know, I'm just trying to keep up with the cool kids. And in that moment, I felt like I had the entire world's attention on me, but for all of the wrong reasons. And I just wanted to die. Are you single? And if so, how long have you been divorced? So single, yes. Divorced, no. I was actually very happily married. And then homeboy got cancer and died on me. So that was almost three years ago. And if love could have saved him, he would have lived forever. <clears throat> All right, Ultimate moving on. on. So anybody- if he can't step up in the way you need him to, then just downgrade him, downgrade him with grace, move along. Because when I was just so, so defeated, you know, and it played, it played upon my deepest insecurity at this moment, which is, that somehow I'm not gonna show up in the right way.
0: So, the big question is during the 14 months, what was it that drove you back and why you chose this new direction?
2: Like one day, my gut just told me pick it up and do something with it. But I'm like, I am done with any expectation of what this page should be. You know, I don't care about follower count. I don't care about post engagement. I don't care about any of that. One thing that life has taught me, and I think this might have been part of the shift, is I don't care who you are or what kind of life you think you've lived. None of us can outrun trauma and I've just felt this urgency that's like now more than ever people are hurting and they need help and you can't hide behind anonymity. I wish I could because it's that's the more comfortable road and I don't think you can keep walking back into the proverbial fire of helping other people without getting a little singed yourself. But I can't be afraid of stepping out behind the curtain. I can't be afraid of that. It's been a crazy journey and I had the realization that if I could just step into who I really am, then if I can turn to this guy on this side of me and this guy on that side of me and help them do the same thing, step into and claim that power, I have this crazy idea that I can change the world.
0: A woman who's been through her share of pain and just decided it's time to take that pain and help others Kate tells me she's gonna be vulnerable authentic and she's gonna get her hands dirty in this messiness of life the page is only a small part of that she also volunteers as a rape crisis counselor she teaches group rehab and she serves at her local food bank there's some hard questions her experience makes me ask myself Am I getting out of my own comfort zone? Am I being authentic, vulnerable, real, in whatever purpose I believe in? Or am I just kind of going through the motions in life, anonymously hiding behind social media? And then there's trauma. When trauma comes, how am I gonna handle it? How am I gonna heal? How am I gonna help others heal from trauma? And finally, if I am living my authentic self, truly who I am, Can I change the world, too? Can we? Now we're going to lighten things up a little bit. This is the second part of an experience I told you about last time. It's another Kenny, but it's Big Kenny Alfred, who took a knife to the gut, saving his neighbors from being carjacked. Kenny spent three days in a hospital, helped the investigation as much as he could, and then he healed and carried on with his life. And here's where the light part comes in. The two women who Kenny intervened for, they told him they wrote a letter about what he had done, and they sent it to an organization called the Carnegie Hero Fund Commission, something the steel magnate and millionaire Andrew Carnegie began in 1904. Well, Kenny started getting phone calls. I'm out here working on a
3: car, you know, as I do, and uh, he called, and I was like, he was like, hey, this is, you know, Paul such, such here, the uh, Carnegie uh, Funding Award, and I'm like, yeah, you know, sure, I thought it was an infomercial guy or something like that, and he's like, you know, trying to sell me something, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, what? I'm in the middle of, you know, putting something in this car, and uh, he's like, no, 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 can we uh, talk, you know, and I'm like, nah, you know, and I kind of brushed him off, but he called me back telling me about, you know, the Hero Fund Award, how it came about. This is just an award for people going above and beyond to save human lives.
0: When you finally understood this, what was your reaction?
3: I was like, me? Really? No way, you know. And so it took a while for it to really sink into me, you know. After, you know, we called and we talked and everything, he sent me a letter uh, of um, the some of the nominees who was picked. And I'm reading this letter of other heroism that people's putting their life on the line. It was one letter in particular of a woman who ran back into a burning home to save her two sons. And she didn't make it out, but she saved those two. And I'm like, wow.
0: I've read some of those letters and a lot of them, they give them posthumously. And it's incredible the things that these people have done. And now you're part of this list. Yeah, yeah. and And that's why I was
3: like, you know, my little thing, you know, but kind of touched me, man. It touched my heart.
0: Then something arrives in the mail. Did you know what it was? I,
3: I didn't. You know, he had called me. He said, You know what? We're going to. What he told me was, you know, because of COVID and stuff, he's like, You know, we're going to try to get this plaque to you and this award and this medal. He said, You know, it's going to be a while before it gets there to you, you know, so just be waiting for it. So it's like, Okay, I'm waiting for it. And uh, he calls me. He said, get there yet? You know, he's calling me every day. Just, Did didn't get there? Get there? Get there. I'm like, No, it didn't get here. It didn't get here. And then one day, you know what? It just popped up. A guy came to the door. UPS got bam 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 bam. Knocked on the door. I was upstairs asleep. And so I came back and said, I have a, an important package. That it needs to be signed for. And I said, okay. So he uh, gave it to me. I signed for it. And it was kind of heavy, you know. So I opened it up and it was the metal. You know, it was the metal. And I'm like, wow. So I called him immediately to let him know that it got there. He said, we're also going to send, you know, something else to you, you know what I'm saying? And the in the form of, you know, some funds. We want to, we you know, congratulate you and send you some, you know, money.
0: You've got the medal. Right. And the plaque and the check. And then who contacts you from the city of Vista and what did they tell you?
3: She's one of the uh, mayor's secretary. And she had happened to contact me. She's like, is this Kenneth Alfred? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I'm such and such of the city of Vista, you know, uh, I'm one of the mayor's. Liaison of City of Vista. I thought it was for some tickets I get for my cars I got for the street sweepers. And so I said, you know what? And I'm like, you know, I ain't got no tickets. And she's like, no. She's like, we'd like to talk to you and do a Zoom meeting with you for recognizing you for your heroism and uh, what you did. And I'm like, who's this? You know, she's like, this is the mayor of, you know, the Vista, the one of the secretaries. I'm like, for real? She's like, yeah. So. Then I get a call back from Judy. I didn't know this was the Vista. And she's like, is this Ken Valfrey? Yeah, she said, this is Mrs. Judy Hines of the mayor of Vista. Ritter. Yeah, yeah uh, mayor of Vista. I said, no way. She's like, yeah. She's like, we would like to do a Zoom meeting with you. Congratulate you for your heroism, for what you did for, for the young ladies in the city of Vista in the North County. You know, that's a big thing. I think by that time, they have already read the, uh, Carnegie Medal thing. You know, they had that information already, and I don't know how they got it. I'm like, yeah, okay, we could do a Zoom meeting. She said, okay, so. On that day, they're like, you know what, with everything that's going on in the world today, how you still stepped up, you know, and done something for someone else, when no one, you know, else was around, you know, you were there. You know, and that's the kind of thing we like to recognize because of what we're going through in the world today, how guys still step up, guys, men and women, still step up and put their life on the line for someone else, you know. So so she said, you know what, we got to do something about this. This is the mayor of uh, Judy. Linda, uh, she's the secretary, she's doing some paperwork. She said, well, this has had to be voted in and time has to be taken. And so they said, yeah. So she said, well, you know, deputy chief mayor, net yay, you know, deputy chief blah 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 yay the time you know and so they did it right there so so right there
0: they said we're we're gonna proclaim september 23rd kenny alfred day and we're voting on it right now
3: right now this is when well they asked me about the the medal you know after i had the medal i forgot his name but he's an ex-marine so he's like hey kenny where's the medal at now I said, oh, it's uh, in my room? He said, yeah. He said, do you have it in a safe place? And I said, yeah, I got it in a safe place. He said, where is that? I said, it's sitting, you know, on my best and I use it as a coaster. I got Kool-Aid in a cup. He's like, no way. <laughs> he said, son, let me tell you what you got there, you know. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, I use it. I, and I do. You know, look at it. It's a perfect coaster. You know, and so he said, you got what? I said, I, I use it as a coaster for my Kool-Aid in my cup. And everybody just liked, laughed, but he was serious. And so he's like, you know, let me tell you something about that medal, man. Um, I kind of read up on him, and he said, keep that metal in a safe place. Get a box, a lockbox, everything he said, because you can hand that down for the rest of your family, for the rest of their lives. And I didn't know that. You know, I shed a tear in front of the girls. This guy is telling me that. You know, he broke down the whole Zoom meeting when he was telling us that. And was like, and we all felt that. Like, wow, you know, really? And that's yeah. when it really opened up to me. Like,
0: wow, you know. Let's talk about that for a second. What impact has this experience and getting this Carnegie Award had on you?
3: You know what, my I'm just a normal guy, man. You know, and, and you know, I don't want to seem like, you know what, I, you know, got a cape on now and I'm, you know, some kind of hero because all heroes don't wear capes. I'm just a normal guy and I'm just willing to help people, man, you know,
0: anyone, you know. I don't care who it is, you know. if. How about the proclamation and Kenny Alfred Day?
3: I took it over to Michaels and I dropped
0: it off, you know, to get framed. It would
3: took like two or three days, but when I got back over there, it was like the manager and another girl and like two of little they're like, are you kidding? Is this real? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, no way. And so one of the girls came from the back. She said, No, it is. I read up on it. And blah, 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 blah. You know, because I never really read up on it. I just seen it was some pretty writing and everything. But they went through the whole thing. They punched up the Carnegie thing. They punched up the day it happened and everything. And the little girls in there, are like, Wow, you know, you're a real hero and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm Just a normal guy. He's like, No, it's a real hero. Thank you. Thank you so much. She came from behind the thing and hugged me. And, you know, thank you for helping them girls out and all that. And, so now you know it's a few places I go, like the bonds right here, and they're like, "Hey, there's a hero," you know. What I mean? <laughs> you know the girls that know me there, and the gas station up the street, you know, and a few people when I go places, you know, "Hey, aren't you the guy that would, you know?" So.
0: You know. Well, let me ask you another question. And since I've come to know the story about what happened here and know you, I've also discovered that you've come a long way from a different life oh, yeah. that you've had, and this this really represents the change in your life now when you think back about your troubled years until now that you're helping people with addiction you're helping people from all kinds of serious situations and now you've got your own day you've been recognized as a hero what does this transformation mean to you
3: well you know it's really you know a miracle you know and and like you say, I come from, you know, a very bad background growing up. You know what I'm saying? I was kidding with a guy um, who was asking me about that. He said, it hey, was a car, Jack Kenny. I said, yeah. He said, how did you feel to be on the other side? And I said, you know what? And then and the light came on. I'm like, you're right. You know, because back in the days, I probably would have helped those guys get their car. I got a whole different outlook upon life and in people. You know, I get genuine hellos, and how are you doing, you know, and they're genuine, you know what I'm saying? I get real laughter today, you know what I'm saying? Not just a fake laugh, I'm laughing with you because it's something that you got or I want, you know what I mean? And I just take it a day at a time, man. I'm just a normal guy, dude. There's nothing big going on with me, no super nothing or none of that. If I'm shining so bright, why well, come, you know what, I can't shine some light on someone else's darkness You know what I mean? And illuminate them in their life. You know what I mean? Because that's what this thing is about, man. You know, we need to help each other.
0: Just an average guy with his own day in the city of Vista, California, September 23rd, and a gold medal with his name on it from a guy named Carnegie, an honor 116 years in the making. I have a couple of questions first do I show the people in my life that I appreciate what they've done for the big things and the small things do I write a letter do I do anything do I show my appreciation and then like Kenny we may have started off life troubled but is that where we have to stay does that define us is that all we are or like Kenny is there more to us than that difficult beginning Can a little miracle happen for us, change us, and maybe give us the courage to be someone who experiences the other side, the hero side? I had a great time today. I hope you did too. I invite you to email me about any of the experiences you've heard on the podcast, my emails in my IG profile, or in the show description of whatever platform you're listening on. Feel free to DM me as well. My name is Michael Dean Gold. I produce the segments. You also heard a little of Bruno Mars' song, Runaway Baby. All the theme and that sick mood music is produced for this podcast by San Diego's William Jerome and Carlos Nava. Until next time, the experiences of our lives prepare us inform us, change us, and breathe into our restless souls.